Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teaching professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, thank you everybody for joining us this morning. Uh, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is none other than Legends Tour player and LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, let me just say a quick thank you to you, Cindy Miller. Um, I ordered your Golf 101 for Executives book the other day, and it literally... Uh, I must have flown all the way down here because I got it just the other day. So thank you for that. I'm looking forward to uh, reading that. And we're going to let the folks know a little bit later on the show how you can get your hot little hands on a copy of this book. It's a great book. So um, thank you for that, Cindy. Uh, we got a great show this morning. Well, you're uh, welcome. We're going to be starting – yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about a lot of great information in there, even for an old dog like me. So I'm excited to uh, to read that. Um, we've got a great show this morning. We're going to be uh, here in just a second. We're going to be joined by uh, Rachel Rohana. Uh, she's a Symmetra Tour player. We're going to talk about her uh, adventures uh, both on and off the tour. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, Crystal Langdon, uh, the founder of Crystal Clear Finances, Inc. She's a, a certified financial planner and investment advisor representative. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about finances and we'll sneak a little golf in there as well. But we're glad you could join us. Let me just tell everybody a little bit about Rachel, and then Cindy will bring her on the show. Uh, Rachel is uh, 28 and lives in Mariana, Pennsylvania with her husband, Ethan, uh, where they actually own ERV Cattle Company. Uh, she is, we're going to talk a little bit about that, by the way. Uh, she's the 2010 U.S. Uh, Women's Amateur Championship medalist, uh, also an all-big 10 first-team performer for Ohio State University in 2010 and 2012 and uh, was a Symmetra Tour graduate in 2015, earning her LPGA Tour membership for the 2016 season. Uh, she's a two-time Symmetra Tour champion uh, in 68 career starts, uh, entering in 2019. Her first win uh, was the 2015 Guardian Retirement Championship at Sarah Bay, and then uh, also the 2017 Symmetra Tour Championship, where she was actually six weeks pregnant. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well, and became a mother on June 12th of 2018. So, uh, Cindy, let's uh, welcome our very special guest uh, to start things off, uh, Rachel Rahana. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing great. I just drove through the big O city oh, last yeah. night. I'm, I, yeah, I'm on my way to French Lick, Indiana for this LPGA Senior uh, Championship. Oh, excellent. Are you, uh, you guys playing the Donald Ross or the Pete Dye course? The Pete Dye. Pete Dye. Yeah, I haven't played that one, but I heard that one's uh, pretty tough. Oh, <laughs> oh so, so hard. Now, where do you live again? I live um, in Mariana, Pennsylvania. I grew up in Waynesburg. It's about an hour south of Pittsburgh. Um, 
and it's just a you know small little town, and we actually built a house on my grandparents' property in Mariana, so we're not too far from my grandparents, and um, right on the West Virginia line, actually. Awesome. Ted? Yeah. Very good. Well, welcome, and uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, and I know that you won the 2017 Symmetra Tour Championship. They just actually finished uh, the uh, championship this past weekend, uh, where you actually where you tied fourth. But I want to talk to you because yeah. uh, this sort of jumped out out at me when I was reading the information here. Uh, as I mentioned, you're a two-time Symmetra Tour winner, uh, and you won the 2017 Symmetra Tour Championship while well, six be- uh, six weeks pregnant. Um, tell us a little yeah. bit about that. That had to be kind of a, a little surreal at the moment. Yes. Um, well, I mean, it was definitely a surprise to everybody, <laughs> including us. Um, <laughs> I had played I had played in um, <clears throat> New Zealand the week before for an LPGA event, and I had flown straight from New Zealand to uh, Daytona Beach to play in the Symmetra Tour Championship. And I remember, like, not sleeping. I was completely jet-lagged. You know, I had gone straight from um, New Zealand to Florida and teed it up two days later. I didn't even do a practice round. I did the pro-am, teed it up. I think we got into the first round. The second round got rained out. The third round, or we finished the second round on Saturday. Um, And I just remember feeling so, like, dehydrated and I remember taking jars of pickles with me to the golf course <laughs> and lots of red Gatorade. I just remember wanting pickles and red Gatorade. And I remember thinking, wow. man, my body's really thrown off from, you know, being in New Zealand and with a jet lag and flying all over the place. I just am so dehydrated and like my body's just craving these pickles. And I remember my caddy <laughs> saying to me, are you pregnant? And I'm like, oh, no, no, I just, you know, I'm really dehydrated. You know, I was in a different country and I remember waking up in the middle of the night, I think it was Saturday night, and um, my stomach was just like hurting, and it was actually like my ab muscles. It was something like totally weird that probably had nothing to do with pregnancy, but um, I, that's when I kind of thought something might be up. And so I we ended up finishing <laughs> the tournament on Monday, and I won, and it was like super exciting, and I'm a huge Starbucks fan i actually have one in my hand right now (laughs) and i remember we raced to the we raced to the airport and i went to get a caramel macchiato and all of a sudden i was like did not want one i was like oh my gosh something's up why don't i want coffee and that's what kind of made me think well maybe you are pregnant (laughs) so um to have won that and then i went home and then yeah two days later i found out i was six weeks pregnant. Um, I, it, it was a, quite a, a pleasant surprise for everybody. <laughs> well, you obviously had a, and congratulations on that, of course, but um, you, you obviously had a, a sort of a, a double blessing, if you will, because you, um, first off, you didn't know, uh, didn't even think you were pregnant, but right. you went on to win the tournament anyway. So you obviously had some good karma going, uh, a little, right. some funky things some funky things going on with the stomach a little bit. You weren't too sure what was going on, maybe some delayed jet lag (laughs) or something. Uh, But then you got an extra bonus uh, a few days later when you found out you were pregnant. So that had to be really exciting, obviously, for for both you and your husband, Ethan. Oh, my gosh, yes, for sure. And um, (laughs) I remember texting him when I, you know, I I took the test, and I really didn't expect it 
you know, to come back positive. So I just, I took it and then I texted him. I said, you need to get home right now. And he walked through the door and he was, he looked like he had seen a ghost. He didn't know what was going on. He thought I was like, you know, he was expecting the worst. Let me just say that. And I said, well, no, you know, we're having a baby. And he, you know, we were both just thrilled. So um, it was, it was, it was pretty cool um, for sure. So did you have to pick him up off the floor then, I guess, after you told him the, the exciting news and he kind of passed out a little bit? Or? He, um, he, he really didn't believe me at first. <laughs> he was like, I think you need to take another test. I, I really don't believe this. I'm like, okay, but, like, you know, I can tell. I'm, you know, it, it happens right. quickly when you can tell. Like, when you find out you're pregnant, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, it was he was – it was pretty funny, and then we told our parents a couple weeks later, and or like a week later, and I don't think either set believed that we were pregnant because there was absolutely no reaction. I mean, you see those reactions on like Facebook or like you know those things that go viral, the grandparents going crazy. Both of our parents right. were like, "Oh, okay," and then you know a few weeks later, they're like, "Are you really pregnant?" And we're like, "Well, yeah." So it was pretty. It was pretty funny for everybody. Well, let's fast forward um, a little bit. Uh, and June 12th uh, of the next year, 2018, of course, was the big day. Um, so yeah. tell us a little bit about that. That obviously, uh, again, was uh, was somewhat surreal because now it's it's not just well we're pregnant, we're actually having the baby. Yes. So she was actually due June 5th. So I carried her an extra week, and um, <clears throat> I, I I did. I golfed and I practiced the entire time. That that I was pregnant with her, um, I stayed very active. I was pretty lucky; I had a very good pregnancy. Um, and you know, by the time I'm 41 weeks along, though, I do have quite the belly. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we ended up. I had to get induced, and I went in. We went in at 6 a.m. and by 6:30 p.m., you know, she was there. So I just, I'll never forget. They put her on me, and she like lifted her head up and looked around, and I was like, "Are they supposed to do this?" Like, you know, you really then you really right. realize, wow, I don't, I don't know if I really know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, you learn. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You learn quickly. Let me just ask one quick last question real quick. And then Cindy, I'm going to pass it over to you. Um, mm-hmm. Rachel, when, at what point did you, did you stop playing? Cause obviously it got to a point where, where it wasn't comfortable for you anymore. How long after you found out you were pregnant, um, did you continue on playing? Um, I played, so I found out at the end of 2017, so between that and the first round, or the first tournament of the Symmetra Tour was, like, middle of March the next year, and I was 27 right. weeks at that point, and I remember signing up for the event, and I went in for um, an appointment, and they had said to me, well, we don't want you flying in your third trimester, and I said, well, you know, I, I'm going to be because I already signed up for this tournament. I'll be flying back, you know, my first week of my third trimester. And she, the one doctor or nurse was like, okay, that's, that's all right. Um, so a couple other nurses kind of said, well, you can go up to about 34, 35 weeks if you really need to. So I played the first event in Florida and I peed 14 times in 18 holes. <laughs> so the hardest thing I think is having to pee all the time so any pregnant lady can tell you how how difficult that is and trying to play golf I think that was the hardest thing that and 
you know, every day I woke up a little bit bigger, so my yardages were changing each day I woke up. I was, I always was a longer ball hitter. I, you know, had a lot of turn. Well, when you have, you know, 20 pounds of belly in front of you, it's kind of hard to turn. So that was difficult, but I was still playing really well. I'd never hit the ball so straight in my life. <laughs> so that was a positive. <laughs> I mean, I hit, I think, every fairway, every green. Um, and I did a pro-am at 36 weeks along, but like I said, I practiced the entire time. Um, if they kind of gave me the okay to fly to California, I probably would have played there, but that was kind of the reason why I had to stop early was because, um, most of the events were on the West coast and I wasn't able to fly quite that far. So I stopped, I guess, after my 27th week playing competitively. And then I actually came back for the marathon classic four weeks after having her. So I try not to miss wow. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um well again congratulations on uh your Thank little you. one. Um Cindy go ahead. I I have to ask because I'm not sure the answer to this. I know on the L P G A tour they have daycare but when I played on the mm-hmm. L P G A tour there was no daycare on the on the ladies tour but there was on the men's tour. So you, I'm assuming you bring her with you and everything is fine and you have daycare and you can play. Well, on is LPGA, but I've been, yeah, on LPGA, yes. But on Symmetra, which I played the majority of this year, um, there is no child care. So my mom had to come with me most of the time and she was helping out. Um, but there were, it was about 60% she came with me, 40% she stayed at home with her dad. So this year I did a lot of flying in the day before, like early morning, playing the pro-am, not doing a practice round, and then just teeing it up um, just so that I could only be gone for four or five days. Because um, that that's hard on everybody, I think, being away. And my husband, he's awesome. I mean, he just, you know, did everything, really. He was running a business, and he was taking care of her while I was gone. Um, so we both, you know, we both did the best we could, and um, I, you know, I think it's, it's difficult, um, but she's a great traveler. So she, when she does come with me, she does a very good job. And, you know, she acts like when I come home after being gone for five days, it's like I wasn't even gone. So <laughs> she's fine with oh, me leaving great. right now too. Plus she's not old enough to say, mom, don't go. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Yeah. So you're in the Q series. What, what's the plan for the future? So, um I had a very good finish. I had to I knew I had to finish um I thought top 3, but I ended up tied for fourth to get into Q series, which will, you know, if you finish I think top 44 or 45, you get your card for LPGA. So, as long as, you know, I have a decent decent eight rounds, um you know, I feel pretty confident with my game right now that I can get through that. And then ideally, you know, I play on LPGA and she can come with me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I've, like I said, I'm playing really good right now. I have a great caddy, just feeling really confident with everything. So hopefully everything goes as planned and um, I'll be playing full LPGA next year. Awesome, awesome. Now, when does Q-Series start? That will start October 23rd. Perfect. Good luck. I have a side Thank note. You. Our son, Jamie, Jamie Miller, went yes. to the Ohio State University and played on the golf team for two years. Do you have a brother oh. named Robert? 
I have a cousin named Robert. Did he play against him? He knows him, yes. Yeah. I texted oh my him gosh, to see yes. if he knew you. Jamie's older than you. He's 34. and He, he tried to play on tour and got his amateur status back, and now he works at UBS, and he's like a plus five, and he's a good okay. player. So. Wow. I just side note because he loves the big O. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Ted, go ahead. Very good. All right, so let's talk about um, what you're going to do to prepare for a Q series. Obviously, I know you're confident right now with your game in that. Um, what has the season taught you in preparation for this? Obviously, you have won on, on the Symmetra Tour, and you've played out in the LPGA uh, a little bit, but now you want to get out there um, full-time. So what are you going to do over the next several weeks as you go through Q series um, what are you going to do? Are you going to change anything differently? Or are you going to sort of keep the status quo? Or what, what's going to be happening uh, in the next several weeks for you? Um, well, I think looking back on the year, there were just, you know, a couple things here and there that I was doing with my swing or my setup that, um, you know, was kind of getting a little out of whack, and it seemed to cause the same issue every every week that I didn't play well. And it was something as simple as, like, my hands were a little too low out of dress. And I changed it the day before the tour championship. Um, I, I raised them up a little bit, and all of a sudden it just felt like, you know, I could get that club on the right plane and on the right path. And um, so that's something that i got to keep in mind. I know last year I didn't play Q-Series last year um, I because I was still on maternity leave. But I know that they said the weather was pretty cold in Pinehurst. So I'm probably going to spend the majority of the time in Pennsylvania practicing it's not super cold up here. It's like between 40 and 70, um, you know, during the day. So I'm going to kind of get used to playing in cold weather again, just in case, you know, it is cold in Pinehurst. Um, but right. I uh, I mean, I've, I've something kind of weird. I've always liked bent grass, but, you know, I've, I've started to notice I play a little bit better on Bermuda. So, you know, I think that's going to be a positive for me. Um, but as for changing anything, you know, I'm, I'm really not going to do that. I think something that's very important for me is, you know, 28 in the golf world is kind of old just for your body. I mean, you know, I've been playing competitive golf for 20 years. Um, just trying to stay healthy for two weeks straight. It's a lot of golf. It's tough physically and mentally. Uh, so just trying to stay healthy, not doing any kind of crazy workouts or, you know, trying to do anything um, abnormal. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, what I have, like I, you said, what I've learned from this past year was usually it's something very simple with my setup or my swing that might need tweaked. So I'll keep that in mind for the two weeks as well. <clears throat> what's um, what your game? What's the strongest part of your game and what area gives you the most trouble? Um, hmm. I would definitely say that my distance is a huge, uh, huge advantage. I It's not that I'm like the longest by any means with my driver. Uh, I would say I'm definitely top five, 10% with my t driver, but my irons are you know pretty long. I average about 170 with my seven irons. So to be able to, you know, have shorter clubs into holes than most people and to land the ball a little bit softer. I would say that that's definitely an advantage. Um, you know, everybody can always work on their short game. I think no matter how good you are with your, you know, your putter, your wedges, your chipping, 
everybody thinks that they can get a little bit better. So I would say that something that I could, you know, continually like work on and um, probably should work on a little bit once I get to Pinehurst is probably chipping and wedges just because I have, you know, so many wedges in my hand. Uh, I actually carry five wedges in the bag, which is a little bit different, but um, just, you know, working on hitting those wedges a little close, a more consistent trajectory and just the chipping and getting a consistent, you know, uh, roll onto the green, whether I, you know, want to kind of lob it up there or pitch it low, just something that's going to either check up a little bit more or land a little softly. I just need to, I think, work on that a little bit. Right. Well said. Um, now I'm going to sort of wrap two into one question here. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you and, and of course your husband, Ethan, uh, own a cattle mm-hmm. company. Um, yes. so how do you find, how do you balance home life with life on tour? Cause obviously you're traveling a lot, uh, on tour and, and, uh, and, you know, yeah. even sort of holding down the fort at home. Um, so that obviously has to be uh, difficult at times, but how do you find balance, um, with that? Cause I know you guys had a pretty rough schedule this year. There were several weeks where you had tournaments back to back to back to back. So, um, right. how do you, how do you sort of balance right. that out? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I did, I can't even remember 12 or 13 events in a row this year. Um, but I do, I fly a lot home and back home and back, you know, from the tour And the good thing is I've played these courses so many times that I feel comfortable enough just to do the pro-am and then tee it up. Um, So going home just for two days to kind of like regroup, you know, see my baby, help Ethan with whatever he needs, um, and then pack it up and go and play. Like I feel comfortable with that. I feel fine with that. Um, It's, you know, it is kind of hard on the body like we've mentioned before, but that's, that's about all. Mentally I feel it makes me feel better. Um, to be able to go home for a little bit. Plus, we have two dogs, so I have to see them as well. <laughs> but the the with the cattle company, it's not like you know Ethan does all the work. He does all the labor. I help with the marketing <laughs> and the bookkeeping. Um, but I do I during the winter when I'm not golfing, I try to help as much as I can. We actually run right. a butcher shop as well, a meat processing shop. So I will spend a lot of time in there in the winter. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, we both know it's it's a team effort. Um, he was, right. a, you know, big sports guy. And so we, 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 we've always done like a long distance relationship. And, um, you know, we just jumped right into it, I think, you know, pretty easily. And we just try and make things work. Um, his mom, his family, and my family – are extremely, you know, they're very, very helpful. Um, <clears throat> just this morning, our dogs needed groomed. And where they get groomed, they had to be <laughs> dropped off at 9 o'clock. There's no self-service. So I could, I knew I wasn't going to be able to take them and, you know, get call in. So my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law right. have a one-year-old, a four-month-old, and two dogs right now. And they're dro- wow. <laughs> dropping the girls off to, you know, get groomed. So just little things like that. It's it's awesome to have family that has been so helpful and supportive. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree yeah, more. Yeah, what a blessing. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cindy, any final thoughts or questions you have for, for Rachel? I just want to say that I admire you for continuing to pursue your dream and your potential. 
And I believe that all this confusion and distraction is a blessing for you. So <laughs> do not give up. This is amazing. Thank you. And if I could Thanks. hit my seven iron 150 and not 170, I'd be happy. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you got to keep going, girl. you got to keep going. Thank you. Thanks, Cindy. It's so nice to hear from yeah. you. Well, again, you know, Ted keeps telling me, you know, you know, you're spinning an awful lot of plays. You better be careful. I'm like, oh, shut up. I can do all this. So. <laughs> Yep. So you're my new, you're my new BFF. If you get down oh, and you're like, oh my you. God, I want to, if you want to kill somebody, you just call me and I'll pump you okay. up. Okay. <laughs> Good luck, honey. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, Rachel, um, thank you very much for for joining us this morning and and good luck this uh, this fall at uh, Q series. And, and I don't want to put any undue pressure on Ethan, but it sounds to me like maybe another little one on the way might give you oh. give you that edge. I don't know. So, you know. Oh, well, well, we'll see. We're, we'll see. Maybe another dog. <laughs> well, congratulations oh, again on, can on everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Thank anyways, uh, on, on everything. And much continued success. And I concur with what Cindy said. You know, you just got to go out there and, and enjoy what it is that you do and, and just, uh, and, um, you know, everything falls into place. So uh, much continued success. And I hope you come back and join us again sometime. Thank you. I'd enjoy that. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Cindy. You're welcome, honey. Good luck. Go get them. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, Rachel Rohana. What a really interesting uh, story, you know, Cindy, to, you know, to go out there and be playing in an event and, and you know, know something that's not quite right, but uh, obviously a blessing. And uh, and then to find out, you know, after you win the tournament, you know, a, a few days later that, wow, hey, we're, we're, we're with child here. Uh, that's got to be pretty exciting. Absolutely. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fantastic. And, and so many things she's doing, and everybody's helping her. And you know, most people you can just hear people. Well, you know, now you have a baby and you have a business, and you should come home. And it's like, stop! I've got a talent and a gift, yeah. and I'm not dead yet. Yes. I, so I, I believe you refer. Yeah, I believe you refer to them in the book, uh, Committee of They. Yes. <laughs> That's who they they are. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to bring on uh, Crystal here in just a moment. But before we do, uh, two quick things. First off, let's uh, play your, your promotional spot here. So just set that up quickly, and then we'll talk about something else very quickly too. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm on my way to French Lick, Indiana, for the LPGA Senior Championship. And um, Thursday morning, I get to help. 25 women from Old National Bank and or their customers learn how to play golf and use the game as a business tool. So have a listen to this spot. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. 
For more information, go to CindyMillerInc.com. Well said. And for those of you that would like to take Cindy up on that, uh, you can reach out to her after the show. And also, um, I would encourage the listeners to get their hot little hands on Cindy's book, Golf 101 for Executives. Cindy, very quickly, tell them how they can do that. Uh, you can go to Amazon and click or type in Golf 101 for Executives by Cindy Miller. And or you can email me, Cindy at CindyMillerInc.com, and say, I need to buy a book. Yeah, and it's, it's a great book, even for those that have been golfing for a while, not just for beginners. Um, it's a lot of very useful information. That's why I got my hot little hands on a copy. So make sure you do that. Go after the show and either reach out to Cindy or go on to Amazon and you get your copy there. Um, all right, Cindy, we've got a, a great guest coming on. Uh, a little bit different guest than what we normally have, but uh, I know she's got some great information that's going to help everybody, uh, including you and I. Uh, her name is Crystal Langdon. Uh, she's a certified financial planner, an investment advisor representative, and a certified kingdom advisor, and the founder of Crystal Clear Finances, Inc. Uh, her vast experience as an accomplished speaker, business owner, radio talk show host, author, and financial planning strategist allows her to provide clarity to uh, so her clients can have confidence in their everyday financial decision. Uh, she believes that the frustration individuals feel in regards to making major financial decisions is due to the conflicting uh, financial messages and noise promoted uh, within the marketplace. Her educationally-based financial planning company is dedicated to helping individuals understand the options available so they can confidently make the financial choices that are right for them. Uh, Crystal's three-step process has helped thousands of individuals experience financial clarity and reach their goals. So, Cindy, let's welcome the founder of Crystal Clear Finances, uh, Crystal Langdon. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. How are you doing? I am excited to be here with both of you. I've been able to enjoy the first half of your programs, which was a wonderful interview, and I'm looking forward to the second half. Well, goody. So I I have to butt in here, Ted. I met Crystal yep. at an event in May, and we mm-hmm. are members of the same mastermind group. It's called Advance Your Reach, where mm-hmm. Pete Vargas uses stages to help people grow their business. And Crystal, um, I you know, I didn't know her before then, and we've become <laughs> friends, and she's got mm-hmm. a great, great, great backstory that I thought would inspire and encourage all of our listeners. So, Crystal, tell us how you got on the financial business world. All right. Well, thank you. And when it comes to finances, it was never anything that I hoped I could do when I grew up. I never planned to be a certified financial planner. That was nowhere on the radar. My whole goal was, hey, I'm going to grow up I'm going to raise a family. I'm going to stay home, maybe write some books. Like that was my big pie-in-the-sky dream. And actually, I was achieving it. So I had three little ones, and my husband owned a trucking company. And things were going very well. And then one day, our largest client uh, filed bankruptcy. And then when he did, it left us with thousands of dollars of unpaid invoices and we were scrambling because we're figuring out how do we pay the employees and how do I keep my children fed and we went in this downward spiral 
of trying to keep the lights on, trying to keep food in their bellies, the whole scenario. And I realized at that point in my life, I needed to do something different. I needed to figure out this money thing. I needed to figure out how money worked and how do I get to the next level so we would never be in this position again. And so I knew I was not going to be able to be the stay-at-home mom. I needed to go find answers. So I remember going, I heard on the radio, which is probably my attraction to radio, um, a financial advisor who was offering free consultations. And so I said, you know, why don't I take him up with it? And I went and I met with him and I went in and I was hoping that he would give us this big financial plan, this silver bullet that would make everything better. And he turned around and offered me a job. So uh, I took the job. And I advanced from assistant to director of operations to a certified financial planner. And then soon, uh, a couple years later, I opened up Crystal Clear Finances. And it's hard to believe, but it's been, it's been over 20 years that we've been doing that now. But I look back now, and here I am on the radio, certified financial planner, and everything we do. But I really started as a stay-at-home mom, just raising her kids. And then when something happened, I knew I had to do something to make my life better and make the life better for my family, and this is where I am. Wow. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. What a Thank great you. story. And, yeah, and when you're walking... So, Ted, I know ahead. you have questions. Yeah, I do. Go ahead, Crystal. Go finish your thought, and then I'll have some questions for you. Well, Ted, I was just thinking, like, when you're walking through it, you never think, oh, this is going to be an awesome story to tell someday. You're walking through it thinking, how do I make this work? What do I need to do? And it it didn't feel so victorious or fun walking through it. But now looking back, I realized I needed each one of those steps to help me become who I am today and to be where I am at today. And it's so cool because you see people come in our office and now I can look at the, their eyes and say, ooh, I've been there, and I know how to get out from there. And it's just such a, a great feeling. But that's, that's all I had to say. So I'll turn it over to you, Ted. Well, thank you. Um, you know, what, what's really interesting, let me just make a quick comment first. I, I, I firm, I've always been a firm believer that sometimes through the, the most adverse situations that you go through life, sometimes the greatest rewards come out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when, – you know, when circumstances get to a point that you think, God, what am I going to do today? How am I going to resolve this? What, what's, you know, what's yep. going to be next? And it just somehow gets the juices going and the, and the wheels turning. And then voila, here you are 20 something years later and you've got right. this successful business. I, I want to ask you, and, and obviously people are listening and say, well, wait a minute, I thought this was a golf show. What, we're talking about financial planning now. Yes, we are talking about financial planning because that's important too. If you want to get out and enjoy golf, uh, you got to have your, your finances in order. So I want to ask you mm-hmm. this question because uh, I've talked to a lot of people in uh, the golf business. Of course, most of us are independent contractors. And mm-hmm. we think, okay, we've got the golf skills. We go out there. We teach people. Um, but there are a lot of folks out there that don't know how to get their businesses started on a solid financial ground. So if you had a group of golf professionals in front of you that were just sort of starting out, what would you advise them on how to get things set up properly right from the get-go so that they don't look back, you know, two or three years down the road and say, God, this is a mess or this is in, you know, in bad shape. In other words, they're going to set up their business. How would you advise them to do that? Oh, goodness. What a great question. Well, I think what I would do is I would take a little bit of time and say, 
businesses run in cycles, just like everything else in life, and being able to explain each component. Like the beginning part is the infancy part of your business, and it is going to require everything, just like a child. It's going to pull from you. It's going to whine and cry and take every ever-loving piece of strength you have, and it's going to give nothing back but some tunes and maybe a dirty diaper or two. So if we understand that there is an infancy part of our stage, of our businesses, we need to get a budget in place. We need to have the vision because when we're holding, let me go back to a child, when we're holding that little baby that kept us up all night, we envision the time when we're going to walk with them, we're going to read with them, we're going to play with them, we're going to do outings, we're going to do sports, we're going to do golf, we're going to do all these things. We know there is a better future coming. Well, when we start our businesses, we need to write our vision and we need to create a budget And then we need to really be able to understand that within the first five years, we need to pour everything in it and be very little to take it out. So we've got to find a way that we can sustain ourselves with that and allow the business time to grow. Now, as the business matures out of the infancy stage where a budget is critical, your mission statement, understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it, then you're going to go into the adolescent stage. And if any of us have had teenagers, we know adolescents think they can do anything and they're going to live forever and they take unnecessary risks that we as being older say, oh my goodness, why are you doing that? Well, what happens when we get into an adolescent with our business, and this is a caution that I would talk to, you know, business owners out there that listen, once you pass that stage where you're not having to pour everything into your business, actually stuff is starting to come out. You can pull some money. Be careful because the mindset is, oh, I made it. See, I'm not one of the statistics. I can spend my money any way I want. I can expand quicker than I really should. And they take unnecessary risk. So the way that we keep ourselves from doing that is we begin to set one-year, three-year, five-year goals that can keep us on track. So when something comes and says, ooh, expand over here or make this purchase over here, we go back to our guidelines of no. Is it on track to get me where I need to go one, three, five years from now? Now, as we mature out of the adolescent stage in a business, the next thing that's going to happen is it's going to come into maturity. So think of those children that we have that are now adults. All my kids are adults now. In fact, my son works with me. What a great conversation we can have with each other. It's a good give and flow. I give to him. He gives to me. Well, when your business reaches maturity, it's the same type of thing. It's a healthy relationship where it can feed you a nice income stream. You water on it, cultivate it a little bit more. It gives back. Now, here's the dangerous part. We get to this part in life with our businesses where it's mature and it's creating some good income, and we begin to pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, yeah, that was good. But what we have to realize is we are in the most dangerous part possible because if we do not transition from a mature business to reinventing ourselves, we get stuck in something called bureaucracy. And we've all been to those stores where you walk in and you say, hey, I'm the customer, this is the problem I'm having, and they say, those famous words is, that's not our policy. And as soon as you hear that, you know they're stuck (laughs) in bureaucracy and they're going to die. So we need to always be helping our business reinvent itself and keep growing 
So I would say if someone's in a, listening now and they're in a mature business where it's feeding them and yet they're saying this is the way we do it and we will always do it this way, be careful. Because remember, Netflix went to Blockbuster and said, hey, I think this is a new wave of the future. Will you buy me? And Blockbuster said, are you kidding me? This works having right. people drive to a store. We're not going to do it. And seven years later, Netflix put Blockbuster out of business. So we always need to be reinventing. So hopefully there's some nuggets for each one of your listeners to say whether you're in infancy whether it's adolescent, whether you're in the mature, or whether you're reinventing, it's all a healthy part of the cycle that we all go through uh, in our uh, business owner journey. Right. Well said. I, I, um, what a great way to put that. And, you know, Crystal, I think a lot of the problem for most people is, you know, most people don't plan to fail, but that old saying, <laughs> they fail to plan. Yep. And I think that's really, I mean, that's so true. And, and, and the sad part is you're, you're exactly right. You hit it right on the head. You know, you talked about, in its infancy. A lot of people get out there and they, and especially younger folks, they get out there and they think, okay, I'm going to take on the world. I've got this great little business now and I'm going to just, you know, everything's going to happen. And they just spend, 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 and they don't yep. really plan for the future. And then the future comes along and it's dried up like an old well. And I, I want to mm -hmm. obviously come back to golf just a little bit because, yes. you know, one of the other issues is the industry itself is changing as, as mm -hmm. so many industries are changing. And mm -hmm. they're looking for ways to continue to grow the game and, and develop and things like that. There's a financial component to it as well, um, how the money is mm -hmm. invested uh, in the golf industry in order to help it grow. If, again, you mm -hmm. were sort of had the ears of the PG of America and other uh, large organizations like that, what would you or where would you advise them to sort of funnel those funds to get the biggest bang for their buck if they were trying to grow the game? Um, give me a little bit more clarity so I can make sure that I'm answering it effectively for, for your listeners. Well, as an example, you know, we see a lot of junior programs growing up, which is important. You want to get to the next generations and that. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not really doing anything with, say, the 50-up crowd. So there's a lot of diversity mm -hmm. in golf. Obviously, we have, uh, again, right. more seasoned players and things like that. And a lot of the focus is going on the next generation, which is important. But there's a lot of people that are still playing golf that have been playing for 20, 30, you know, whatever the case may be. And there's not really, in my opinion, a lot happening there. So I would like to see a greater diversity in golf. Um, and mm -hmm. I'd just like to hear your thoughts. Well, I, I know that's a great – thank you for explaining that a little bit clearer for me. And that's a great question because I know as I look at the different generations that are in financial planning, so we're going to lay them right alongside the golf, what I've learned to do, and maybe this could be a place that people could invest into, is taking each demographic and studying what is the need, what is the driving force. So, for instance, uh, with my older generation, I understand that priority to them is we're going to go out to lunch together. We're going to have face-to-face -face time. When they come into my office, it's going to feel like a casual, elegant home. There's going to be my plaques on the wall so they can see my credentials. But I am learning what the needs of that specific demographic is, and I market and serve to that need. But now I'll go to the Generation X. And they're very skeptical. 
They want to see everything on the Internet. They want to test anything I say and go get more facts. So I have a library of books so that when I meet with them and I present new strategies that maybe uh, are not mainstream or for the higher net worth, I'll give that to them so that they can begin reading and doing their homework. I'll make sure I have videos and information on my website, that I have several different areas where they can gather information, and then I'll hold events where they can all talk together and confirm one with another that, yes, being part of this community is the right thing. So I can go through each demographic, but I need in answer right. to your question, what I would do is see, okay, what does this demographic need in the golf arena? How can we serve them better? How does this one, because each one has a specific need, and I agree with you. We can focus on the yep. next generation. They're the up and coming, but you got a whole slew of us in here. Don't count us out yet. Just figure out how right. we talk and how we communicate and serve us that way. So I would say doing, and yeah. there are a lot of studies out there. Go ahead. Um, what I was just going to add to that, you're exactly right, because, you know, one of the, uh, I guess, pet peeves that I've got right now with the golf industry is that the industry is trying to change its model. Uh, and obviously, some things do have to change, but it, it's more geared to just one demographic. It, it's to the newer mm -hmm. golfer. It's, you know, they want to change how the game is played and stuff. And what it's doing is it's kind of almost, in effect, alienating other demographics within the industry um and it's Absolutely. it's causing because you know i'll give you i'll give you an example and this will kind of put it in perspective and then cindy i'm going to bounce it back to you you know technology is a wonderful thing uh, as you pointed out mm -hmm. you know we want to be able to offer videos and we want to be able to offer mm -hmm. uh, some of the the cutting edge technology for for golf instruction but there are also situations where sometimes too much information can be detrimental to, to good instruction because what happens is people Absolutely. get confused, they get overwhelmed. But again, the industry is sort of driving towards or has been for several uh, years now uh, towards that sort of one demographic of, of the younger generation because they're very tech savvy. Let's you know overwhelm them with, with this information. But they, again, they're alienating another segment of the population. So that's a danger that I mm -hmm. see um, you know, with that. Um, Cindy, what it, uh, do you have any other thoughts or questions that you want to ask Crystal? And, and Cindy, right before you, you jump in, I just want to confirm on that um, to you, Ted, because that was something we've had to watch in our office, that in our effort to, to reach the next generation, we don't lose who we're serving today. And that has to be top right. of mind, that it's all of us, not just the new up and coming. Right, right, exactly. Cindy, go ahead. I'm just going to shift states here a little bit, and, and I'm going to give uh, Crystal a challenge. So when we were at our last strategic planning meeting, you mentioned that you are always invited to this incentive trip with Securities Mutual, you and your husband, and, and you never do the golf component. So I believe it's time for Crystal to take on a new sport. <laughs> and And... I'm not sure if I sent you the learn to hit it. I don't know if we lost her. I think, yeah, Cindy, uh, I think she's uh, cut out a little bit. Cindy, I, I apologize, but I think you are uh, must be going through a bad. I know she's on the road, so that's probably part of it. She's yeah. probably going into yeah. a dead zone. So, mm -hmm. um, But, yeah, I, I, let me just sort of piggyback. When she comes back, I'll let her finish her thought. 
you know, Crystal, I, that was obviously going to be something that, that we wanted to address. And I know we don't have a lot of time because I know you've got a meeting to go to, but uh, we may have to save this for another one. But um, golf, we have found, obviously, as Cindy talks about quite a bit uh, for businesses, is to – oh, wait a minute. She might be coming back. All right. You back, Cindy? No. Um, but businesses has become a, a great component um, for, or golf rather, for, for business executives. And Cindy's written a great book, mm-hmm. Golf 101 for Executives, which I would highly recommend getting. Um, but is this something that you've seen with obviously some of your clients who maybe have uh, um, adopted golf, if you will, uh, into their repertoire? And is this something that um, I think Cindy's trying to hook you in to, to get you to, to do that as well? <laughs> I think it would be very advantageous for a lot of reasons. I think you'd enjoy the game itself. Mm-hmm. But I think also uh, it would be uh, open uh, some further doors uh, for your business as well. What are your thoughts? I totally agree on that. Uh, the only reason I haven't entered into it is just lack of, in my opinion, of any skill set at all. But we can fix that. I can talk with Cindy. and you know. But I, as I've gone around the country and speaking all the different places, golf is everywhere. It's like you have dinner. Uh, you speak, and the next day you go golfing, or you come early and you go golfing. It just seems so universal. No matter which group I'm asked to speak at, no matter what planners or wherever, it's always golf will be involved somewhere in that day, in that weekend. So it is something where I take the challenge, and uh, I will connect with Cindy and, and get more involved in it because it is a way of life, especially among in, in the business and the corporate level. Right. Awesome. I think I'm we have back. her back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I <laughs> we, just wanted to yeah. say I'm glad you accepted the challenge. I'm going to send you the link to the course. And okay. uh, I'm in the mountains, so I, I lost the connection. But I want to thank you so much for joining us. I know you have to get off here. And really appreciate your insights and your your brains and sharing and serving. And you're just an amazing person, and I thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you both for allowing me to join you today. This was a very enjoyable time, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk again soon. Thank you both. Thank you, Crystal. All right, you're welcome. Have a great day. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, that was um, Certified Financial Planner Crystal Langdon, uh, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, Inc., um, I, I hate that, Cindy. Sorry that uh, that you were going around the mountain and, and uh, lost uh, connection there temporarily. But um, we will definitely have her back, and we'll talk a little bit more more golf. But she she really laid it out. What was interesting to me, Cindy, is towards the end there, and I don't know whether you were able to pick that up or not because I know you were kind of phasing in and out. But you know, when she talked about the different demographics that she sees in the financials is very similar to what's happening here in golf where, you know, you see a lot of focus on one demographic, uh, you know, the the next generation coming up, a lot of the, you know, the interest is shifting towards there and the importance about not sort of forgetting those of us that are, you know, in the next uh, group, if you will, and, and really making sure that golf, focuses on all demographics and not just sort of on the, the up-and-comers, if you will. So I really liked her take on that. I, and, again, I'm not sure if you, you caught most or, or all of it or any of it, but uh, you can go back and, and listen if you have to. But I it did. was very, very well yeah. yeah, very well laid out. And, and I think that that's great that you uh, sort of threw down the challenge as well. 
Um, we can't emphasize enough. We've talked about this so many times, Cindy, over the, the years about how uh, golf can open so many doors for so many people. It's not just a game. Obviously, that's uh, first and foremost, it is a game uh, and can be enjoyed in, in any level. Um, but it really does open so many doors. And, um, you know, Cindy, what maybe just in, in a few moments we have left, maybe if you just want to, because you, you've met with Crystal and you've spoken with her and that, and just what were some of the things that really stood out to you that impressed you about her? Her heart. She just, she's, she's doing Crystal Clear finances for the right reasons. She's not in it to make mm-hmm. money. She's in it to serve people. And if you serve the people, you will make the money. So there you right. go. I don't, I don't care whether it's financial advising or, you know, same thing with our son. He does the same thing. And at first he's like, you know, I just want to help people. You know, if you do right. what you're supposed to do, if you teach golf and you really want to help people, they know. They, people can tell your passion and, and yep. they know what your ulterior motives might be. And so I think that's just so, so important that, you serve people. If you serve people, you'll get everything back. Yep, you're you're right on the money there. You know, I've always said if you chase the money, um, then it becomes, in my opinion, it becomes an idol, and you idolize it. And when you begin to do that, and obviously we have to eat and we have to, you know, clothe ourselves and 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 do other things, and and um, you know, money uh, is is a currency that we we do require. But I think if you if your passion is chasing money uh, in, in that context where you're, that's first and foremost in your, your mind and your thought and you're not really thinking about you know, helping and serving the people, um, then it becomes all-consuming. And we've seen this time and time again with a lot of uh, what seemed like very successful people, literally just uh, like a house of cards comes tumbling down because of that. So uh, some great advice there. Uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't get a chance to, uh, or forgot to get her website, but I would imagine they have one. So if you go to crystalclearfinances.com. Perfect. And uh, get all kinds of information there, and you can reach out uh, to Crystal as well. Um, Cindy, what uh, I heard you say earlier about spinning a lot of plates, what do you got spinning coming up? Uh, We're doing a golf school on our own tomorrow at French Lick. On Thursday, we've got Old National Bank Women's Clinic. Then we have the LPGA Senior Championship. And then our daughter, Kelly, goes back to work. In fact, she went back to work yesterday. I should call her and see how she did. After having a baby, and she's got to fly to Japan with the Golf Channel for the Tiger Woods uh, shootout. So we have to go down and watch the kids, which is a blessing. Yep, exactly. Well, you've obviously got lots going on, um, and I obviously assume you're going to be playing uh, in the French Lake event. So good luck there, and uh, keep up all the the great work in helping uh, all of the uh, folks um, join golf and business together. I think it's a it's a great. Uh, you know, you're you're an ambassador as far as I'm concerned with, with that. You know, you really do put people first, and it shows, and that's why I think people love you so much, Cindy, and, and I, for one, fall into that camp as well. So, uh, again, if you want to get a copy of Cindy's book, Golf 101 for Executives, you can go to Amazon.com, or you can visit uh, Cindy's uh, website, uh, CindyMillerInc.com, and uh, you can purchase the book through there as well. 
and you can also reach out. Her contact information is there as well. So, Cindy, good luck this week at French Lick, and I will see you next week uh, back here on the Women of Golf. Thanks, honey. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.